Miami music is known for messing up some knees. It's it's an an I was shocked. I went to the Atlanta show. And you did go to it? I, I went to the Atlanta show. It, 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 it was really it good. It kind of bothers me that people don't show him the, don't give him his roses. I don't understand. I don't even <laughs> uh, acknowledge those people because T-Pain, in my opinion, uh, he had like the best three, four years. He put Florida on the time. map. And when we were gone <laughs> for a minute, okay? Facts. He put Florida the, the early part of college. Took a break. There was <laughs> yes. like a T-Pain narrative. Like, he did my early part of college. I'm like, you not appreciate T Pain, but and his sound was so unique. Yeah. I was sprung. Teddy Bender ass down. Like I this. was. I, I'm sorry. And then uh, what's his name? Tory Lanez. Like Tory Lanez. Yes. I even like the remix oh, yes. a lot. Yeah, like, really I mean, good. When he came back, he said, "I really can sing, y'all." The audacity. Yeah, it is Black History. Yeah, yeah. The audacity. You got the audacity. <laughs> no, because I didn't know this man his roses. He right, deserves right? his roses. Yeah. He's paying for always. Okay. Oh, you, guys, um, you guys ready for the start show? Let's yes. do it. All right. Um, yes. You want to do this recap? Yeah, let's go ahead and do the recap. Um, what's going on with you? How's how your time been? Let me tell you about my time. Um, so since the last time we recorded, my knee... I hurt my knee really bad. Is it because you got the jeans, your your knees out in your jeans? I got them out so they can breathe because <laughs> I didn't need them in cage. So Wednesday, you know, I had you know a nigga come to the house. And, um, <laughs> we proceeded to uh, get into some extracurriculars. Okay, and um, he was really into it, and so he had started to outdo me because like if you're not my man, I'm not doing all the extra shit. I just do the bare minimum, right? You know, just enough <laughs> in and out. Yeah, but then I got like real competitive. And that pretty Ricky song, that new single "Body" had came on. Okay. And so I they thought, got a new song? yeah, they got a new song. It's it's a banger. Okay. It is a banger. A Another banger. Miami group. Miami's on the map, and they are, <laughs> and and they're the reason I fucked up my knee. So wait, I proceed. Say more. So the song come on, they start egging me on. Right, I'm in I'm in the video in my mind, and so I had you know I did this move because you know I, I was feeling like Meg the Stallion, mm-hmm. but I'm really Warren the Mule. Nah. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I fucked my knee up. I fucked it up. So, you know, if you out there and you in your 30s, you're not in your 20s no more. You need to let it go. Okay? Yeah, that's funny. Um, so, did he appreciate the move at least? Because you were doing extracurriculars when you were just going to do the bare minimum. Yeah, what? yeah. He, he texted me, like, clearly a couple minutes ago. Okay. Yeah. He's never invited back to the house. <laughs> oh, because it's his fault. It's too much. Okay. No, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Be yeah. the first time. So, if you see me out here limping, that's what happened. All right. Jeez. All right. <laughs> what about you? What's been going on? Um, what has been going on? Um, we just did a podcast recently. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, that's what it is. I went to an open mic. Okay. It was a Smokers and Jokers show. Like the, I don't know, like the the, the all the comedians were kind of they were there, but they were like you know they weren't crisp. Right. You know, but uh, I was about to go up, and then I signed up too late because you know. Study long, study wrong, man. <laughs> study long, study wrong. But it was it was cool. I had a good time. That's what's up. Yesterday I went to a um like a like a DJ battle. Mm-hmm. So the two guys at the gathering spot they were like kind of battling for who was the best DJ. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, other than that, went to work. Didn't go to work one day, and now we're here. Yeah, sounds so, look. You are so cultured. I'm gonna say this again, ladies. If you want a man that's out here doing some fun, then you need to get you a, like Jamie. Yeah, as soon as I get my mattress <laughs> off the floor, hit me up in my hand. You didn't have to bring that back up again. I was trying to coax over that part. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I, I was trying to coax over it. I just try to be my full self. Okay, on you know, sometimes you gotta like, lie. Yeah, but I don't want to hide myself. Okay, you know what? You know what I'm saying? I want to like deceive. I don't sell dreams, bro. We're gonna edit this part out. <laughs> hey. Hey, what's up? How you doing? How are you? Fantastic. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be seen. No, I was talking about me. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thought you were sharing. Nah, just I was just saying it's a okay. pleasure for me to be in. I see you. In the hey, 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 man, you know what? Good to be seen. Yes. Um, we have two guests here today. We do. We have Jasmine Johnson. Hello. We have George Agbe. How y'all doing? Um, and we have of course the wonderful illustrious Warren Moment. Oh, I like illustrious. I like words I can't spell. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I forgot what it means. Actually, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but we uh today we are here on the Audacity podcast with two special guests. Yes. And um, would you guys like to go over kind of like your background so that our listeners know what they're going to be listening to? Who? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm originally from South Florida. I moved to Atlanta for law school. I went to Emory and frankly fell in love with the city. Uh, I now practice entertainment and corporate law largely. Um, I help businesses and entrepreneurs make smart decisions. Okay, that's dope. You said um, entertainment and corporate law? Yes. Okay. So I have, in my practice, I have a lot of entertainment clients who they want to take the money that they've essentially earned from football, basketball, reality TV, mm-hmm. and they want to figure out how do I streamline my services. So I usually create marketing LLCs for them so they have that company kind of doing all of that, and then they want to move into bigger investments, making bigger purchases, then I put together entity structures for them to do that. That's okay. lit. You, you said that you got some clients that's like professional athletes. Yes, yes. So, Is that what you said? Because that's yes, all I heard. I do. And they're oh, okay. all they're really cool, But the, and I get tickets to games and stuff all the time, but my boyfriend loves it because he can go. But I never know anybody there mm. but my client you, every time. Do you get invited to their homes? Because that's where I'm trying to go. <laughs> that's the only place I, I can see I'm, what I can Okay, do. we have okay, another guest on Sorry. the episode. <laughs> uh, George, could you talk to him about your practice, please? Sure. Hi, hi everybody. My name is George. I am a uh, criminal defense attorney. I basically started out, uh, I'm, well, I'm from Georgia, grew up Norcross, and went to school out here, went to Georgia State University uh, for law school, and I have. Well, I was a prosecutor for three years, worked in, um, working on misdemeanors. Oh, so you was the man. Yeah, I was putting people in jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't like it that much, and then so I switched sides, and now I have my own law firm. We mostly do... Uh, criminal defense and immigration, and it's uh, out there in Gwinnett County. Okay, so, um, what are what's what kind of made you want to start your own practice? Uh, so or was it like like because of being a prosecutor, or like you know some things that you saw, you were like, all right, I got to get out of here. To like, right. what kind of like sparked that idea? I definitely feel like uh, we you need good prosecutors. You need people who are fair minded. I ran into a wall at the at the office I was in where I couldn't make decisions that I felt like was fair. Mm. And that sort of sparked my desire to switch sides. I always knew that I probably would stay in that area of law, like criminal law. And I was hoping that I could either I could either keep on, you know, being a pawn in the system mm-hmm. that would put people in jail or I could switch sides and try to help people. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, we need I more felt that. that. Yes. yes we need it's still more Black that. History. We might be winning. We might be winning. <laughs> we got a shot, guys. Oh my goodness. It's been a rough month. <laughs> it's been a rough month. Jasmine, what made you want to go into corporate law um, and corporate entertainment law in the beginning with? So, uh, I knew very early in law school that I was not going to be a litigator. I preferred transactions, so I had transactional legal experience. So, I joined the negotiation team, which is essentially like the equivalent of like moot court or mock trial, but for transactional attorneys. And I negotiated a purchase agreement for a sale of a company, and I realized that I'm actually pretty good at this. Mm -hmm. And I went to... My team actually ended up going to nationals, and we won. So, I was like... Okay, this is it. This is where this is where I'm supposed to be, and I pretty much tailored all of my experiences thereafter, trying to be a transactional corporate attorney. That is what's up. Yeah, it's dope. Very intentional. She's on on the winning team. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I hate to lose. (laughs) I hate to lose. So, George, you said you also practice in the uh, immigration uh, law, also, right? Um, what where did that kind of come from specifically? Because yeah. I, me being of a, a first generation um, a, a U.S. A citizen, mm-hmm. my parents are from Nigeria, so okay. it kind of was like personal to me and seeing my people I know go through the process of trying mm-hmm. to change status and trying to sort of understand a very complex immigration field. Uh, it just sort of was natural. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what's up. Can I ask a quick question? Absolutely. Um, what tribe are you from in okay. Nigeria? For sure. Oh, that's kind of racist. <laughs> no, no, because actually there's Igbo, there, there's different types, yeah, we, and there's we like... We call it tribes. It's, we call it tribes. They call it... Exactly. Yeah, so, no, I was just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not racist. So, so, I'm Edo. It's a, it's a little bit, I guess... Not, 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 not as No, it's pretty old, actually, but it's not as well-known. So, you got like the Yorubas and the Igbos. Um, I would describe it as if you... If you know about the Yorubas and, and Ebos, we're like smack dab in between them. We're mm. like the first cousins of both. Okay. So we're Edo. I'm Edo. Okay. okay. Yeah, I never heard of that one. Yeah. So we learned something he new. He just made that up. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Um, should we get into the show? You guys? Yes. Cool with that? I'm Definitely. excited. All right. Uh, Warren. How are you? 
Um, okay, guys. Well, you, you had said something earlier about the 20s and 30s kind of sparked like an idea I was yes. thinking about. Uh, I was wondering, is there something, you guys can feel free to jump in too. Mm-hmm. Is there something in your 20s that was acceptable in your 20s that's not acceptable now that uh, we're in our 30s that uh, you wish you could like kind of bring back? Like, oh man, I wish that I could do this, but now I can't because I'm in my 30s. Like, you got any, anything on your mind? Yeah, um, I miss being able to come to work a little drunk. Just a little bit. Not like a lot. <laughs> not like a lot. Just a little. Just like I had a long night. I'm young. I'm fun. Yeah. You know, and my, my job wasn't that serious at the time. Now mm-hmm. I got like real responsibilities. Yeah. And if I come to work drunk, I'll be leaving home unemployed. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I can't, I can't do that no Two more. Two people be checking. Like, nobody checks the 20-year-old. They like, do. hey, are you sober today? But they always check everybody else. Right. Get your life together. Right? Yeah, like, what are you doing? You're a bum? Um, you guys? Well, well, I'm actually not 30 yet, so. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I will say, in the late 20s, oh I do think, last night I went out, and I wish I would have stretched before. <laughs> <laughs> because I was dancing, having a good time, and this morning, I'm a little sore. Yeah. Um, and see, I, th- I think maybe stretching. Yeah, that's, yeah. 30, that's 30 approaching. That's yeah, 30 right. approaching. Yeah. It, it becomes necessary. <laughs> um, I think for me... I was thinking about this before. It's like, I don't know the new dancers and I, I'm afraid to learn them. I'm afraid to learn them. Fear. Yo, that I wanna, renegade thing? I want to do the renegade. Like, I want to learn it, but it looks complicated. It's I'm just like, is, is the renegade the one where the, like, white girl stole it from yeah. the black yeah. girl? But yeah. then everybody was like, yo, that's the black girls? It was yes. basically like the, yes. um, bring that it on. white people do. It was that bring it on situation where, like, totally the white girl stole on. the, uh, the black girl's move. Can I be honest? The white girl one looked a lot easier. <laughs> I agree. Damn, I agree. Of, a, lot, a lot of steps. I was like, yeah. I kind of want to try a white girl version. <laughs> and one, and two, and three. It and was four. very, yeah, I, it was, agree. It was I agree. Okay, that's fair. Agree. Maybe that's why hers went viral and the black girls was like, okay, I can't. I'm not that much of an expert. I mean, it is yeah. a difference between like, you know, Swag. different seasons. Yeah, seasons. most like, definitely. Yeah. Unseasoned chicken and seasoned chicken. That's what it was. You want... Seasoned chicken might be a little bit too much for you, so I don't. I never buy seasoned chicken from the store. Yeah, I always just season myself when I get to the crib. You know, you never know what kind of mood you're gonna be in. <laughs> um, but so when it comes to what, something I could have did in my, uh, I used to do in my twenties, um, paying my bills like a little late. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Being like a month or two behind. You know, that was cool back in the day. But now it's like, all right, bro, like you got a whole mortgage. <laughs> Like, they will come knock on my door and be like, yo, man, you good? Or should we start moving you out now? <laughs> right, 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 right. Should we expect this money in a couple of days? Or, like, let us know. How you want to do this? We right. can start this process or you can pay us our money. Like, whichever one. Like, that's really unacceptable now in my 30s. Facts. Um, George, you got anything you wish you could do from your 20s? The dance. Oh, the dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to learn the new dances. I'm going to edit this out. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> I was just impressed. He knew, they knew the names of that dance. I was like, oh, that's what it's I called. know what a renegade I was. was. Like, oh, I, well, I, I have a younger old. sibling, so they talk about it a lot, and they make fun of me because I don't know the dances, so I can relate. And I learned the mop recently, and that's easier. I learned the mop when I was like eight years old. <laughs> yes. I was like, get in there and mop. Well, exactly. Wait, wait. So you know how to mop for real. You know how to do the mop dance. Oh, okay. Because it's very similar. Just a little bit more shoulder, I think. When they give you crap for not knowing the dances, do you just tell them, oh, I was busy being a lawyer. No, I don't like to like <laughs> shit on them. <laughs> so I just like, oh, teach me. And usually they record it and put it on their Snapchats and TikToks, and their friends make fun of me. That's another thing. I I won't get a TikTok. I'm 30 years old. I can't. I, mm. I just feel like it's inappropriate. Tell yeah. a TikTok. The last last app that I downloaded was Snapchat, and I just, Snapchat's done. So oh yeah, Snapchat is a wrap. Garnish. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, That's Snapchat, over. So. But I don't know if I can make the leap to TikTok either. I don't want to, like, Vine was fun. You mean fun. the plummet to TikTok? <laughs> Vine was really good. Vine yeah. was amazing. I used to love Vine. A Eight seconds of, was just enough time. A lot of LOLs mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. Um, Warren. Yes. What, what we got next? What we got going on? We have real news next. Is it real news it's time? It's real news time. <laughs> okay. All right, bet. Um, what we got going on? I think we should, you know what? Not everybody got like movie money. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Everybody can't just go to, to the to the Atlantic stations, the Phipps theaters, and all these like places to go out and be in public. Right, right, right. And when he says everyone, he means me. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Because I'm mean, not paying for that shit. I just told y'all about these bills being late. You know? It's so expensive. Why do the movies get so expensive? Well, I look like at the movies, my light bill late. Come on now. 
Can't do it. Can't do that. So uh, I think what we should do is give them like a Netflix specialized real news. I like that. Love it. Love it. Right? Have a suggestion. Right? Okay. All right. Sure, Jasmine. Uh, what do you have for us? Well, I am... I'm a fan of the show. And yes. This is one of my favorite segments. Our show? Yes. Oh. The Audacity. Thank you so me. much. Let me make it formal. But um, <laughs> so, Love is Blind. Yes. It is the best train wet, wreck, oh, hot show. mess oh, okay. show that everyone needs to watch. Okay. I am a sensitive soul. I'm a cancer by nature in the sun. And I am telling you, I teared up a little bit. What's it about? With the finale. It's these couple. Well, it's a reality these, show? It's a reality show. Okay individuals uh in atlanta uh, they were in this pod so you walk into the pod and on the opposite side of the pod is a uh a potential suitor mm-hmm. so everyone's paired up heterosexual okay um and they have conversations only about their compatibility and whether they like each other okay at the end of the three weeks in the pods they have to decide whether or not they want to marry that person before even seeing them so the three pods are weeks? separated the pods are separated wow. three weeks it's something ridiculously short right 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 so i'm telling you in like episode two people are like oh i'm in love and i'm like oh this is out of control like this is out of hand and then what are some of the things that kind of happens on the show that makes it kind of because cra- i've been hearing about this all on my social media like in my peripherals, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> one woman feeds her dog or feeds her dog wine th- with her own wine glass and then she drinks from it. What was her white her white name? Oh, sorry. Yeah, because she's she's what definitely her white she's name. Definitely what was Caucasian. her white name? She's definitely Caucasian. I her name is Jessica. Okay. <laughs> Typical. Because you know who doesn't do that? Right. Keisha. <laughs> and that was probably one of the I mean most uh, talked about things on Twitter. But I would say it's a really good show because they completely, they had all that time to talk about compatibility Mm -hmm. and completely missed major topics. Wow. Crazy. What's funny is Gay Twitter was talking about the show because I heard there's a guy on there and he was like bi, but he wasn't openly bi. And then then he like, did he like propose to the girl at the end of the thing? And then he came out. Yes. And... She didn't know he was bi? No. No. He told her on their honeymoon and... I thought that married. that was... They didn't end up getting married. They were... I think that was like their Spoiler final alert. episode. Oh, well, me... All right, no more. It's fine. No more. It's, I mean, it was a very popular topic right, also. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. very controversial because... I think it's really more so as a woman principle. Right. Like, you've made this... You've asked me. Mm-hmm. I've accepted. At this point, it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in a legal sense, that's a material adverse situation oh, okay. to the there um, there it is. to the commitment. It's I mean, like right? because <laughs> you have you told me you were one thing, and if you are, that's okay. But you should have told me that when I had the opportunity to decide if that was something that I was also okay with. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I get him like wanting to hold it, mm-hmm. but no, this wasn't fair to the girl. I don't get it. Yeah, that's what I was about can, to say. It's I not don't, fair. Can I jump in on that one? Yeah, go ahead. I think that it sort of goes against the spirit of the show. Yes. More than anything. More than anything. Not like, telling her? I, it's not. I mean, not telling her? Telling her. Yeah, okay. not I think, telling like, her. You, ha- you choose what you want to tell somebody. Uh, but the show is like, I'm trying to know you for you, right? right. I'm, trying, I'm trying to get to know you. And I think that's something that you should probably want to tell somebody if you're trying to get to know them, not seeing them, trying to build a relationship based Especially on... Especially if you're planning on marrying them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, I think more than anything, I think that... I, I don't want to get into, like, if he's, like... The, he probably had a reasons why he didn't tell yeah, her at definitely. first. But it goes against sort of the spirit of the show, trying to get to know somebody, make a decision to marry them or not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I might check that show out. Yeah. yeah. Ten episodes. It is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous show. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is on Netflix coming up? Uh, we got real news. Oh, The Circle. The Circle. Have you watched that show? The Circle was really good. That I was another. Like, yeah, so Netflix coming out here with the reality show. They shows, really, man. really do. Yeah. So how's the circle going? So the circle's a premise is basically like these strangers come um, into like this apartment building. You don't get to meet anyone and you get to like basically get ranked on your popularity on social media. So Mm. they can catfish. They can be whoever they want. They don't have to use their pictures. And basically it's a competition to see who can get the most allies because they vote at the end of the show on who wins. It is messy. Very messy. It's so good though. Okay. Like I love it. Very high school. Yes. 
But it was just very interesting, like, people's, like, different motives, like, wanting to be catfish or not, like, mm-hmm. like how some people, like, really played the game from the beginning, how some people were, like, just very innocent and got, you know, caught up. Um, it was great. One dude was using his girlfriend as a catfish, yes. right? Like, he was using his girlfriend's pictures? Yes. And he made it all the way to the finale. Oh, really? Yes. And he was, like, top four? He was top four. And then they flip it, so, like, once you would get to the top four, you get to meet in person. Mm. So then people get to really see if you were being yourself or not. Oh, wow. And it is interesting, because you built these, like, relationships. Yeah. Yeah, like you these, think a cool. lot. You think everybody is who they say they are. Mm-hmm. And another interesting twist is like every time someone gets voted off, they get to send a video message, so you really get to see who they are. Oh, okay. It's a uh, it's a messy show. I liked it. Interesting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I watched like a couple episodes of it, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into it, and yeah. then I found something else to do in my life. You know, <laughs> yep. just yep. It's hard for me to keep up. It happens. Shows, it um. Oh, I did see that uh, that Madam C J Walker trailer. I cannot wait. I love Octavia Spencer. It comes out March 20th. Madam C.J. Walker is like one of my... I haven't seen that trailer yet. Yes. Really? Very good. Mm. Black woman. Don't support black women. I'm going to look into that. i got to check it out. Pull the card. Let me get it. It looks like really interesting. They got a lot of... uh, A couple stars in there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's You know when that's coming out? I think March 20th. March 20th. 20th. Man, I'm so glad you had that detail. You're welcome. (laughs) Women's Month. March. It's appropriate. Oh, it is Women's Month. It is Women's Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Let's do that, women. Let's go out there. Support that. Support that. Um, Jasmine, uh, as a woman... Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and with Women's Month coming up, what are some of the, like, um, have there ever, have there ever been any, like, adversity as, as a black woman maneuvering through, um, or maneuvering through your own journey as a, you know, an attorney? What are some of the things that you've seen kind of as, like, a, a black female um, in corporate America? Can you talk about that for a little bit? Um, I think one of the things I think probably is, more felt at least also amongst my friends from also law school is the trying to prove that you are competent mm-hmm. ah. um because sometimes it's that assumption that maybe you're not so i'm going to like maybe like piecemeal pieces of an assignment or piecemeal information mm. until you have shown me wow. that you are able to one handle it and you know what to do with it mm-hmm. Uh, from a business sense mm. um, and I think that also may my age may have a role in that also to be real Okay. but I think if you're going to be a lawyer you're constantly in the business of proving something right. <laughs> for, sure. for sure so mm-hmm. uh, I don't like, I don't mind like having to prove myself but after I've proved myself like let's not play the game some more right, like, right, right. I mean you wasting your time and mine so mm-hmm. I've also learned to be very direct Okay. and I do think that the directness in my professional space has also like found its way into my personal life like mm-hmm. I'm also very direct in person like mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of like fuzzy fake rapport mm-hmm. like, like I'm very yeah blurred lines or anything yeah like that. I'm like yeah. oh yeah oh that happened mm-hmm. oh how do you feel then yeah, no yeah. this is my stance what's yours okay we agree just I'm, I'm okay with disagreements mm-hmm. I like trimming the fat on the yeah. conversation kind of yeah thing. okay all right that's what's up um George have you seen any kind of um as a young black male attorney right uh what kind of so what are some of the things that you've seen <laughs> especially working as a um like a, a prosecutor exactly I was about yeah. to say, I was about to say Working as a prosecutor, it was very, very odd because it it has, in my experience, it was very much a certain type. You were a prototype if you're going to be a prosecutor. You had sort of a very uh, limited experience. You hadn't really seen a lot of different people's lives. Mm. And so, like, certain things would sort of make people obsessed. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And somebody who came from, like you know, uh, lower middle class. I've seen some things. I'm like, well, uh, this happens pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. People do things and people make these type of mistakes mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, like, I had to prove myself um, oftentimes as a prosecutor because they just assumed because I was going to be a prosecutor that maybe I was, like, pro-crime mm-hmm. or I'd be soft on criminals and things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I kind of, it, it did definitely test sort of my own moral compass because I wasn't going to give people harder sentences or treat people crazy um, or sort of totally abandon sort of my own moral compass because mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure that other people think that I'm not like the the faker. I'm not a real right. prosecutor. Right, right, right. And um, they would always say like, "Oh, George, you're gonna end up being a defense attorney." I was like, "Well, you're right. I did." And uh, so, I mean, it's cool. Uh, it was. It, it, that's why I say it's very, very important um, that we have some diversity 
as prosecutors. I'm not. I'm never saying I'll never be a prosecutor again. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we have people from different ba- backgrounds because if you have only one type of people um, with one sort of uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. or life mm-hmm. outlook, a lot of people who, who live outside of that are going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with yeah. those biases that they don't even know. They're not they, even aware. They don't even know about the yeah. biases. They're like, oh yeah, all black people do crime. We're like, whoa, 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 relax. Right. Like, let's look at this person for um, themselves. Um, that's thank you for that. Um, I did skip two things I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. in the real news. Mm-hmm. My bad. Um, so, I know you were really excited about it. I know you're going to bring it back to me. I felt Warren like staring at me like, oh, you're just going to skip the part <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Uh, Warren, what is the one movie that you would like to talk about when it comes to real news? Let me tell y'all something. If y'all ain't seen that Candyman trailer, mm. you need to get into the Candyman yeah. trailer. Because yeah. of my baby daddy, he playing Candyman. I love you, Yaha. Abdul, Martin, I love you. Okay, I don't know if you saw Watchmen. He's naked in Watchmen. He is fine. Child, <laughs> y'all, Candyman got that hook. Okay, he got that hook, y'all. I'm telling you, he could kill me. I'm just very excited. I'm very excited. Like, I'm going to have the best nightmares. Do you know <laughs> the best I've ever had. It looked like, a, like it was going to be, like, it, looks, it looks like a lot of horror in the movie. Yes. It looks real. It, at the same time, it's almost like a thriller. Um, he's playing like a like a starving artist. Yes. Which, I'll I mean, him. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see him as a starving artist whatsoever. Especially in those designer clothes. I said, who <laughs> right. dressed him? His, his skull cap looked like it came from uh, Saks Fifth he or something. He was flying. Bro, I'm like, okay. Um, George, you had something? No, I saw the... the Trailer Jordan Pill, right? He's yes. On. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. it. Looks good. Yeah, and as a as a Chicagoan, I'm really excited to see um, Cabrini Green. You know, yeah. shout it out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, and I really movie, love movie. how he ruined another song. He turned a Destiny's Child "Say My Name" into another creepy ass song. It went from a bop <laughs> to a boo. Yeah. So I'm real, you know, I'm yeah, real yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm real excited about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's good yep. for ruining songs like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one was what? Uh, I got five on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I ain't have five cents. No, I don't have it. Also on Netflix, they have um, "Who Shot Malcolm X." Yes. That's I, I watched a couple of those episodes. Y'all might need to take my car. I haven't seen that. So did you check that out at all? Saw the whole thing. You saw the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, What'd you think about it? I think it's really fascinating. So I'm a, I'm a history buff in itself, and so there was a lot of stuff I, ne- I never knew. I never knew about the connections to Newark. I never knew mm-hmm. that, like you know the nation of Islam and I mean I, you know I said that they they were connected, right? But that people actually know who the real killers were, right. and it's just. They didn't really care to pursue it. That's crazy, bro. To me. The fact that it was on video, yeah, the shooting was on video, and they still don't have the right people in jail for it. Uh, and like one of the actual, um, uh, what is it, Assa- assassin? Yeah, assassin, assassin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the actual assassins is like, yeah, these other two guys that you have are not the guys. And, and they said that he said that on stand in his trial, like these mm-hmm. are not the other guys. Yeah, they're like, who cares? Right. And he's twenty years in jail. But I mean, it's, I think it's another one of those things where like. The majority, I won't say white people because that's who I mean, but the majority doesn't care about like yeah. the details of a black man dying. You mm-hmm. know, um, they just see it's like, oh, there's like a Malcolm X is just like some dude not really realizing mm-hmm. the like importance and mm-hmm. like 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 who he was to right, us, right. especially if you're deemed problematic. Right, oh, they care even less. It, it, yeah. it talked about how it was portrayed in the news at the time. It's like they portrayed it like it was like a gang violence mm-hmm. like that's all it was like two gang members killing each other mm-hmm. and that's all they, they they weren't taking it as somebody who was like a leader of a, of a movement yeah mm-hmm. yeah so have they like are they reopening the case like what's going so, on so the, the the main guy in the uh george correct me if i'm wrong um the main guy in the miniseries mm-hmm. on netflix uh it was there's just like one guy that was really interested in um malcolm x's mm-hmm. uh assassination mm-hmm. so he just like did all the research and, had, and was just doing it on his own like time and everything and um because of that this show came out and because of the show they reopened the uh the malcolm x case as you know, like a cold case right, right, right. to kind of like you know because there's no statute limitations on right. murder mm-hmm. so they like reopened that to you know do like a like a full investigation or like an another oh, investigation. Justice, oh, justice for fine niggas. So yeah. we'll see. Justice. We'll see what happens because two of those guys definitely were not um, the killers that that were went to jail and were found guilty. Are they still in jail? No, they they were, they they're out now. They okay. spent twenty years and then they were released. Twenty. Sheesh. Wow. Yeah. Twenty. Sheesh. Um, so as a like a former prosecutor, when you hear stories of these uh, of like um, criminals going to jail and mm-hmm. then getting out 
for something that they didn't do. Right. Was there like a reaction or something like that to our like seeing those things? I mean, I can believe it because a lot of our criminal justice system is solely based on the uh, narrative of a police officer. Okay. I yeah. mean, it's just more like recently, last couple of years, where we like kind of demanding to see body cameras and things mm-hmm. like that. But like before that technology was even out there, we were getting police reports. And we we're like, well, gospel. This is what happened, mm-hmm. you know. And you would hear a criminal, or not a criminal, sorry, but you would hear like someone come in. And they're suspected of something, and they would say, that's not what happened. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sure. So, we got a it, cop here. Why would yeah, he lie? why would he lie? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it, it doesn't matter how many times we hear stories of, like, a police report being vastly different than what actually took place. Mm-hmm. We still give uh, officers the benefit of the doubt. It's natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I think even as a prosecutor... Any job, you're not going to do more work than you have to. Right. Mm-hmm. So if anything sort of builds to what we already think, we're mm-hmm. good with that. So once you, like, oh, once you get that W, you yeah. lie. Yeah. Like I was right. like, this is what I believe, so I think mm-hmm. I have enough evidence for it. Right. So I'll go okay. for it. And so that's the problem with the criminal justice system. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Jasmine. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Fantastic. Who were your kind of people that you kind of like looked up to? When it came to like you um, wanting to be an attorney, right? Um, like kind of people that were like, all right, you know what? I actually can do this. People that kind of gave you that concrete vision or goal to kind of strive for. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I actually didn't want to be a lawyer. Oh, great! When I so, was a kid, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to law school, I certainly met other women who encouraged me. Particularly, she's uh, the she recently got a promotion, but she's a Coca Cola. She's my mm. mentor. And she is someone, I still have my coming to Jesus meetings with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is still someone I call to rely on when I'm having a day at work Mm -hmm. and, or I'm having a misunderstanding with a group and how to navigate it politically and correctly because in corporate America, it definitely is its own politics and political savvy. Mm -hmm. So I certainly lean on her. Um, I've, the more life I've lived, I've developed I call them fairy godmothers, Mm -hmm. but they are essentially women who are professional and have taken on like a mother role in my life. And they are pretty critical, I would say, in like my sounding board Mm -hmm. and like where I can go when like it's a man can't understand, I can't vent or I can't talk to my grandmother or sisters about it because it's a professional experience that they just really don't relate to. Right. And it's like, you know, people, especially I'm the first lawyer in my family. So they just think, Oh, well you have all the answers. Right. Like, cause you know, mm-hmm. you've already gotten mm-hmm. there. But the fact of the matter is, is that it takes, once you're there, it takes a lot to still support mm-hmm. that structure. You have mm-hmm. spent so much time building with law school, mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. studying, and I thank God for those women. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, George, have there been um, some people that you kind of looked up to in your uh, journey? Right. Um, so, similar, I didn't have any family. Like, I didn't know any lawyers growing up. It was uh, just didn't didn't know any. Wow. But I grew up Nigerian, so like being Nigerian, you only had a couple options that you could really be. My parents instilled in me: you could either be a lawyer, a doctor. An engineer or a disgrace to your family. So those are the four the options. The Nigerian way. Those are the four options that you have. And so I was just like, I didn't like blood, so I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Okay. So yeah. All right. And like, so were you kind of more like self motivated growing up, or like not growing up, but like you're in your in your tenure? Nah. So <laughs> Tammy, you know me. I want them to know. No, but I mean, school was easy. Obviously, going like naturally, school came easy to me, so I wasn't obviously stunned on them. Man, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't super like. I didn't have to be super motivated. But I get. I got through pretty much all the way through college without really trying. Law school was the first mm-hmm. time I had to actually try. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I had some extra motivation. It was uh, mm-hmm. in the form of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, then that became a little so bit... So you had more. a daughter in law school? Yeah, my first Ooh. year. My what? First, as a 1L, I had a daughter in uh, second semester of January. So I was like, well, let me take this seriously. Mm-hmm. I can't... Wow. I really can't mess this one up. Now I gotta find somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yo, that's wild. Yeah. Law school is hard, yeah. y'all. Especially your is first year. Hard? I can't, no, but I mean, especially your first year. Oh, so yeah. to have a child in your first year, that's a pretty damn big situation. I must have thought I was really smart. I was like, let me make it a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard. College was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Reading one hand, baby, in the other. Yeah. Um, what were some of those challenges while having a daughter in law school for your first year since we're here? 
I mean, law school in itself is difficult. Right. But, like, the being an active father and wanting, um, obviously, to be able to... Because law school is very interesting. I don't know if other, like, schools are like that or other programs are like that. Where it is not basically how much you know... It's really about how you compare to others. Everything's on a curve. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, you could you could definitely feel like you have a good feeling of what you're doing, but you got to be better than the next person. Your answer's got to be better. It got to be more drawn out. And mm-hmm. so you never feel like you're, you've are you studied enough. You never feel like you've mm-hmm. done enough. You have to keep on studying because you never know what the, the shark um, beside you is going to be doing. Yeah, right, It's right, always right. a shark. Yeah. So um, one of our first guests, uh, Demetrius, Warren, do you remember when he was talking about the imposter syndrome? Yes. Do you uh, do you guys kind of get that feeling? Because it sounds like that's where that is related. <laughs> you guys can't see, but they're uh, dying right now. Be yeah, vehemently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially my first job, yeah. like right out of law school. Which I mean, was I was corporate counsel at a company in Buckhead, okay. and it was a pretty big company. Ooh. I learned a lot while I was there. Yes. But every single day, I was like, I might get fired. And I'll, every I'll, every day, I remember thinking, I just need to work hard enough so that I don't get fired. And it was probably until like year two, and I was like, oh. Okay. They ain't firing me. <laughs> They're not firing me. I'm doing a lot of work here. That's you know? good. Yeah, but it, um, yeah, I, and I probably still experience it in smaller ways, but I remember that a lot okay. when I first started. Just for me, same deal. I, it, was, it was just like, okay, y'all really trusted me to make these decisions on people's lives. Like, and you get, you're a lawyer, so you're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that, that. You get there, and you, I don't know when it clicks. Like you can really do this, but it takes mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. It, it took a while for me, like maybe like two years into my my career. It's like, okay, I'm I'm good. I know what I'm doing. Okay, all right. Um, speaking of uh, the Taliban, <laughs> I love these transitions. <laughs> uh, so the U.S. I heard we had we made a peace treaty with the Taliban. Yeah. I thought yeah. we was already cool with them. I didn't know we, we, like, that we, war is over, right? We ain't been cool with them niggas since 2001. What? Okay, yeah. we've been Since in this now, war like forever. It, yeah. It's crazy. It is like super historic. Like if someone that's been to Afghanistan, throw it away. Hey, Just get everybody you. and their mama up out of there. Mm. It's not fun. The Taliban um, or Afghanistan? All of it. Okay. They can have that shit. Sorry <laughs> if, if you live over there. Um, you can have it. Like I didn't. It was awful. And so like it is historic because so the deal is in 14 months all American troops will withdraw. And the Taliban will agree not to come back into those provinces mm. and, like, take over. Like, you can still, you know, cause terror other places, just mm-hmm. not her. Okay. And so, we'll see <laughs> if uh, it goes through because, you know, Agent Orange is in charge and who knows? Is it true that they have resorts in Afghanistan where we like, jet skis and everything? That is Pakistan. Oh. Yes. Okay, yes. I need to cancel my flight then. You definitely do. I need to you cancel need that. To. Note to self. <laughs> Quickly. So, yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'm really hoping that lots of people get pulled out of there. We spend, like, a trillion dollars. Yeah, and, I mean, I think, to, I mean, there's still, like, ongoing, like, fighting over there. Is yes. that right? Yeah. That's the stuff that they don't tell you over there. Yeah, like, of course. Tell you that's going on. Like, mm-hmm. we always hear about these, like, the war, and, wars, plural, um, and you know people you know dying rockets every now and then but we don't really get the full extent of like right. what's going on yeah yeah I think one of the numbers was 18,000 troops have died wow. since that's this war started crazy wow mm-hmm. think about how many civilians right that's exactly right. Yeah. right that's crazy so hopefully we can uh, wrap it up yeah <sighs> yeah um, speaking of uh, no, I'm not wrap up <laughs> <laughs> another transition <laughs> um, George uh-huh. so you stuck along with criminal uh, former criminal. You also do immigration. You said I do. You're like a two stop shop. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of overlap too. So like you know, because a lot of like immigrants are about to get deported because they committed a crime sometimes. Right. And Allegedly. without getting like overly political, you know, sort of <laughs> the current climate of things today. Mighty hot. It is hot for people. <laughs> like, this ain't a time to be committing crimes. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah. So, I, I, a lot of my clients, um, they find themselves in sort of a double precarious situation where they have uh, a charge that's against them, but they also have, they're out of status, meaning that they might have came here on a visa, or, yeah, they came here on a visa, and they overstayed their, their, their time here, and now they're struggling trying to figure out what to do next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we did have people submit questions. Oh. I'm very excited about this. Uh, Do not be nervous. Um, So, since we're talking about immigration, we're going to start here. All right. Um, Someone uh, wanted me to ask you, as an immigration attorney, how do you feel about Trump's Nigeria ban? Right. Citizenship ban? Right. Um, How do you feel? 
I feel like it, it sort of is in line with his policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's about keeping America white. I mean, just try not mm-hmm. to be super political. But, right, right, right. But the, the ban itself right now, it doesn't stop people who are here going for business. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome to, if you're coming in here and you to do business mm-hmm. and make money and things like that. The ban is actually to prevent people bringing, like, their family. So, like, if you came in as a married man and you wanted to settle here and just live here and you wanted to bring, like, your family, your wife, your kids and things like that, they don't want those people coming. Mm. So they, it's, a, it's an effort to prevent people from coming here who are trying to – a particular type of people – and I mean, they challenged it in the courts about sort of the the context, the, the pretext behind these travel bans and things like that. I mean, Nigeria has a slew of its own problems, but they are one of the most successful people when they mm-hmm. talk about the diaspora. Right. People come in other places and they're very successful. So the most educated group, I think. Yeah, yeah the most so, educated. Yes. So, like, I, I think that that's unfortunate. I think that um, you know, it probably is only gonna last for another. Seven months, seven eight months. The ban. This this is what we're we're in right now. Mm, so like hopefully somebody else will win yeah, the election. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time level workout. Hopefully somebody won the someone else. They won. Win. Hey, yeah. cancel all that old shit, bro. Yeah. We ain't doing that no more. Let's stop. Let's stop that. Right afterwards, we're gonna hit student loans first. Immigration. Really, Attorney Johnson. Yes. Um, I read your book. Oh, great. We both read a book. book. I have an e-book. You lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that, that's that sp- she, when she sprinkles stuff in. Yeah. That's, <laughs> sprinkle in. that's awesome. Oh, um, you. Could you talk to the audience somewhat about your book? Yeah, sure. So I wrote a quick guide to business plans because I saw a lot of my clients were forming entities. And after they have all their legal documentation, I was getting a lot of follow-up calls on okay, well, I'm in this situation. I've, I have this much supply. I don't, my distribution costs have gone up, especially now. That's a lot of the cases mm-hmm. because China isn't shipping. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it's very important also that business owners stay on top of political news because politics 100% affects business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put together the business plan because I wanted a quick guide to business plans because I wanted people to have a quick resource of like the baseline foundations of what you need. So yep. it's essentially like... I would say a workbook where you can just flip through, answer the questions, and kind of think through your own business ideas. Um, I want people to do well after I've formalized their businesses because right. I want you to come back. Mm-hmm. And you can't come back if your business isn't making money. That's true. So <laughs> it's a tool for people to start making money, frankly. Like, you're in the business to make money. So how do you do that? You have to actually think about it. I mean, every major corporation at one point was a small business. Mm-hmm. And they grow to scale because they plan accordingly. So you just can't think, well, I got my LLC and I'm good to go. Yep. That's not at all how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, even being, if you work a full-time job, you know, there's obviously different departments. Mm-hmm. Everything works together for synergy. So that's my goal with the business plan ebook. So uh, in your book, you say, uh, above all, I remind business women and men that every business is in the business of making money. Yes. I When, when I was reading it, I... Uh, Appreciated the remind business women and men as opposed to it always being businessmen and women. Um, so, could you talk about women in business a little bit as we enter this uh, yeah. Women's Month? Yeah, so I definitely think there are huge advantages to women opening and beginning their businesses, one of them being a woman business certification. Um, there are plenty of governmental contracts where it's actually required that they give their businesses to minority groups, including women. So, if you have a LLC that provides a service that a government function could probably mm-hmm. use, there's already money allocated. So, frankly, you're leaving money on the table <laughs> if you are mm-hmm. a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there are also similar programs for uh, veterans, uh, black, Hispanics. But as women, I think that we could definitely take more advantage of that. Okay. All right. So, someone submitted a question for you. Okay. And they were like, as a small business, Mm -hmm. you know, in a field where you compete with so many large conglomerates, how do you stay competitive? Well, I would likely say pricing and social media. Okay. Um, Social media, I am someone who is very anti-Instagram and, like, I don't even, I still don't post a lot. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, is that you're able to reach a more niche audience Mm -hmm. when you are a smaller business. So, you know, you can take advantage of, I mean, you still want to have a following, mm-hmm. but 
in order to keep your I guess business up and running, you're always gonna have competitors. So what what what's your price point? Who are your actual consumers? Mm-hmm. And if you take the time to write down exactly who do you imagine buying your product and think of all of those, you search those hashtags, you mm-hmm. have a much easier uh, access to them than c- corporations do. Facts. Okay. Um. Thank you for that. I'm sure that. Uh, I hope that helps. Do they yeah. listen to the podcast as they submit questions? They better be listening. I know, hey, <laughs> that was yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you. Don't miss your blessing. Um, so I was listening to uh, my social media because that's the only thing I really like need in my life, right? <laughs> um, but it was uh, I saw Snoop Dogg was still in the news after he did the whole Gail King thing. I'm like, how long are we gonna talk about Snoop Dogg? We get it. Like, what else is there? Is it did Snoop Dogg do something else? So, recently, he was on the Red Table Talk. That's a Jada Pinkett Smith show. Is that on Facebook? It is on Facebook. How are people watching shows on Facebook? Facebook is a mess. It's, um, it is time. That's the platform that she chooses to use. <laughs> okay. Did you watch it? I did. Okay. How was it? It was interesting because I she was getting dragged on Twitter because, you know, there are a lot of people that support what Snoop Dogg did. Like, a lot of people feel exactly how he feels. Um, we talked about this on the podcast. Like, I feel like you can have healthy discourse. You don't have to call women out of their name, personally. Right. Dog-headed B-word. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. However, the sentiment I definitely felt. And so Jada invited <laughs> him on the show, and she was like, you know, I, I heard what you said. And when you said it, I felt like the power flow was taken away from me and Willow and Gams. And I personally was like... What the fuck is she talking about? Because just because you be talking slow don't mean you saying something. Um, but a lot of the stuff that she did say was really good. Um, yeah. Talking about, like, how you don't have to disrespect women. How, like, you know, in the past he's made, like, lots of strides to move away from bitches and hoes and stuff like that. Right. Um, but he made a really good point. Like, when do black men ever get to express that? Especially when you are in a position where you always have to be on. Like, yeah. I gotta be Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Like, I also experienced pain and loss yeah, and on, sadness. Man. And so he, had, he said, I had an emotional moment and it was not appropriate. I mean, I think I, we, I'm not going to say I, I told you so, but I mean, I, when I saw it I, and we were talking about this, I think a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, like what Snoop Dogg said, while it was definitely not the, the thing to say, I saw it was a place from like from grief and him already like dealing with the grief mm-hmm. of losing Kobe. I mean, come on, it's Snoop in like in mm-hmm. LA. Like, of course he felt like there men across America, like people across America, mm-hmm. felt like a hole when like Kobe passed. Mm-hmm. So, but especially black men, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. black men. You know, yeah, like yeah. and white people that you know that like talk about the loss of Kobe. They don't talk about it in the same way that mm-hmm. we do. They don't because right. they don't like feel it the same way. Yeah. And he has lost a lot of other people recently. Like yeah. uh, grandchild, his grandmother. Mm. He said he was still grieving the Nipsey Hustle loss. Sure. You yeah. know, yeah. like so it was compounding yeah, yeah, the yeah. emotion. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he made some really good points because I still would love to see Gail come out here and do some press. She hasn't said anything. But um, so Snoop Snoop even said uh, his mom kind of chastised him and cussed him out when he said what he said about Gail. And I'm Good. Like, well, yeah, I mean, because his mom probably like, watch Oprah and Gail King. Mom was good for that. I yeah. mean, because I mean, he was wrong for the way he went at her for sure. Mm-hmm. He was wrong. We can both things can be true. Yeah, that he was hurt and that he was emotional and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the way he approached it, and the way he was talking to her, was inappropriate. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate that he apologized before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sat down with Jada because I mean you know that it's sincere. Yeah, I would like to see if Gail. I like Gail to be there too. Me too. I, I, that would have been. I think, and, and he said he's reached out to her a number of times. She hasn't responded. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. she don't have to. No, she yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got going on in the news? You guys got you guys know any news? I do have another question. Oh, you got another question for George. Oh, okay. So, as someone that was personally in a contract marriage, okay. I had uh, someone submit. <laughs> I was. I, I was married. I'm divorced now. Um, in the military, it's a long story. It's okay. not about me. It's about the immigrants. Okay. okay. So, okay. they wanted to know, like, is you know marrying someone to you know gain citizenship? Is that still like a way to like? you know, become a citizen or is it not as popular as people say? Is it, is it much harder than it looks? Um, I think obviously there are visas and there are pathways to citizenship through marriage. Those mm-hmm. are still on the books. I wouldn't encourage anyone to, to make a non-genuine relationship and try to present it as that. Cause mm-hmm. I'm a lawyer. I'm not going to advise right. you to break the law. So um, that Venezuelan woman I met, I should not marry her? Unless you really love her. Unless you really genuinely love her. What is love, really? <laughs> right. But what I will say... Blind. What I will say... <laughs> right, exactly. Call back. 
it is not as easy as people think right. that it is. And, and, and proving it, especially in this uh, climate right now, where everyone is very, very suspicious about you know the genuine relationship people have. I think people think it's like, oh, I just get married, I pay this person five thousand dollars, and then boom, Sheesh. I'll be able to get here in the United States. It's not easy. It takes a long process. They're, they're looking through everything they're doing. They're they're looking through everything that you do, social media, especially now. Um, if it, so, if it doesn't all add up and look like a genuine relationship, you might be disappointed. You might be uh, wasting your money. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Don't do don't do that shit. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Jasmine, you grew up in Florida? Yes. In, in South Florida, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, what are... So, did growing up in Florida... Like, what was your, like... I guess, what did you do when you were... How long were you in Florida, I guess, to start? Um, I guess since birth till about... <laughs> uh, <Forever>. um, <laughs> until I moved for law school, so 2013. Okay. Yeah. So, you went to school in Florida also? Mm-hmm. Florida oh. State. Oh, okay. Go Knowles. Yeah, go somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> so moving to a new city um, for you know, because some of our listeners lived in wherever they've lived, you know, all their lives. Can you talk about living in one city and deciding to kind of put some roots in a completely different city? Yeah, I remember. I I always come to Atlanta a lot. My dad has lived here um, most of my life, and even but when. I came in college before I started law school I knew that Atlanta was the place for me I remember going to like uh now five trip I think it was like shout and I was uh, at the rooftop you know having a little good time <laughs> I was like yo I'm about to take over the city I actually recently found the tweet and retweeted mm-hmm. it but I knew then like Atlanta was my home and I also think and I tell everyone this my career wouldn't be where it is if I was in Miami mm-hmm. um because the reality is in Miami the Miami market you must speak Spanish to get a job mm-hmm. And the perception of black women is very different mm-hmm. there. So I would not be able to have roots the same way mm-hmm. um, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. in Miami, that I do have in Atlanta. In Atlanta, people are used to seeing black women in spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're used to seeing black women in corporate spaces also. Mm-hmm. And you may not see a lot of us, mm-hmm. but at least it's not foreign. Right. And... I, I definitely think that my career is what it is because I'm in Atlanta. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, George, mm-hmm. what's been some of the happiest moments that you've uh, had as an attorney? I got a couple of things that just jump out to mind. First, um, when I was a prosecutor, I think that one of the greatest joys was being able to to make a difference and having that discretion to make a difference in person's lives. Right now, um, it might be something small, but... I was covering uh, traffic court. So I was at the time I was working in the solicitor's office and they only do misdemeanors, but they have the traffic division and traffic, you know, traffic court, if everyone's experienced it, it's right. crazy. It's like like 700 people in the courtroom. Right everybody's, everybody's pissed off because nobody was speeding and stuff like that. Everybody got to be aware. Yeah. And so like, they're like, we need somebody to cover traffic court. George, you go. And so I went to traffic court and I was in there and I saw a lady that I grew up with. Right. Oh, wow. And, um, and she, you know, she's very religious. She's like, oh, I was praying God would do a miracle. <laughs> and you walk through the door. But it, it was good because it's like, I honestly feel like I'm put in this position because I'm supposed to be helping people. Right. Right? So I was like, no, they do it for, for them. I'm going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. I dismissed the case. So the goal, she was so happy. She mm-hmm. called my mom crying and stuff like that. I think that's the point. You know, like, we're put in these positions. People, you're, you're on the shoulders of other, other people. You came to this point. Um, if you in this position only feel like you're only there for yourself then you're missing the point mm-hmm. and so I don't I don't hesitate to help people and I, I think that's the greatest joy I, I know I've helped people I know I've made impacts in people's lives wow yeah. facts um, with that being said sometimes as an immigration lawyer yeah you may see people that um, have been deported or in yeah. the process to get deported yeah what is something what are some of the things that is somebody that has a family member where they've been deported, yeah. is there anything that they can do to kind of, whether it be to try to get them to America, back to America, or like, you know, just talk about that a little bit, that whole process? I think what, well, anything with lawyers and immigration, people understand sort of the difficulties of that uh, industry. Immigration right now is very, very difficult. You don't get a lot of wins. There's a mm-hmm. lot of losses and stuff like that. And so if anyone's facing a situation where a family member is going to get deported, they most want somebody who's compassionate and somebody who's responsive. Mm. They don't want to be guessing and stuff like that. They don't want you not to answer your phone calls and things like that. I will tell them, like, listen, 
your person's going to, because of the way it is now, your person's going to be deported. Um, they have an opportunity to come back. They have this opportunity here. It might be a, a certain period of time, and that might not be true because a law could pass literally tomorrow. Mm. But um, that's sort of what, where we are in the immigration world. And so when you tell people that and they have a full understanding and they know that you care and like you're just rushing them off, just taking their money, they'll still appreciate what you've done for them. Okay. And that's what I, that's what I do. Okay. Oh, I do think it's very interesting because I feel like I practice with totally different fields, yeah. but I think the core of it is uh, being a lawyer is still a service mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. because you have to have like a baseline of like wanting to help these people. Exactly. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you give out free advice all the time, all the time. <laughs> because you just want to make sure that you're, you got this knowledge, you have this, our education is a privilege right? and you just want to like give what you can because. And you said you were the first lawyer in your family? Yeah. Me too. So, like, you're, like, the go-to person about everything. Everything, yeah, yes, yeah. everything. Yeah, I, I'm, I love to say, oh, I don't do that. I don't yeah. do that kind of law. <laughs> but I know somebody, and I have yeah. a lot of good... Uh, now I can also refer people to you, but, yeah. yeah. I'll send them your way, too. <laughs> it's not my department. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't do that. Oh, you got arrested? Oh, nah. My like, what? What, what, what do you do law school for? You can't answer every single question about everything. <laughs> like, we wasting our money. I'm like, yeah, probably. All right, guys. Um, so, thank you guys, guys both for coming. Yes. Thank you yes. for having us. Thank um, you for having Gratitude. Us. Um, Jasmine, when it comes to um, corporate law and kind of starting your own, people's own business, can you give them some? Uh, can you give the people some like resources where they can kind of look up things, even if it's your, like your own book, where they can find that and you guys' tag names also? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I, the quick guide to business plans uh, link is in my bio on Instagram. My Instagram is at Attorney Jazz. If you have particular legal questions or you want additional advice or some resources, you can email me at attorney at jasminejohnsonlaw.com. And I like to respond within 24 hours. And your um, Instagram name, you said Attorney Jazz? Yes, Attorney Jazz. J-A-S or J-A-S? Got to make sure. Attorney, and let's just make it real clear. (laughs) A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-J-A-S. And she can spell too. Like, <laughs> you can trust her. <laughs> um, George, you got some resources for the uh, for the people? Yeah, so I, I do free consultations on on criminal matters, um, and I work with you on an immigration consultation as well. Um, my handle on Instagram is the Ike Law. That's my last name. You know you have to spell it. I'm gonna have to spell it. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm Nigerian, so not everybody. Can y'all put it in the info on the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So it's it's the T H E. My last name A I G B E. L-A-W, The Ike Bay Law. That's on Instagram. Um, that's also my website, theikebaylaw.com. Oh, it's not on. Yeah, so you can you, you can find me there. My office is in Norcross. And, yeah, so if you, if you need a consultation on a criminal matter, it doesn't matter if it's a traffic offense or a felony, I got you. Okay. All right, that's what's up. Um, Warren, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> Bro, uh, I've learned so much today. I That's actually kind of want to commit a crime just so I can contact one of these two. <laughs> not me. Call me <laughs> I'm not the criminal lawyer. Oh, I'll be bad. there like, uh... <laughs> Do a white collar crime. You can have us both. Boom! Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I got you. <laughs> the Audacity Podcast does not support crime Man. in any shape or form. Um... So I got something, uh, I don't know what to do next. Uh, usually I do, I think we just kind of close it out with the... Your bronesia is yeah. getting out of hand. You know what <laughs> we're doing man. next. We, of course we're doing what, 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 what are we doing? We're doing what shit you that white people know. do, bro. What Things shit that white people do. Exactly, that's what we're doing. So what have they been doing? They've been doing a lot. They've been a little bit too much. I think we should start with, uh, we should ease into white shit. Because okay, you know, it's so much it white shit. We should go, uh, things that black people do that is white shit. Yes. And then go to white shit. Yes, because it's Black History Month and you should be ashamed. Fam. Ashamed. The, the coonery. I can't. So there's a former NFL player, went to the White House, mm-hmm. black guy. He did. Went to the White House mm-hmm. during Black History Month. He did. Sat at a Black History Month discussion table. At the White House. And called uh, Agent Orange first black president he did I heard it come on I saw the clip come on did y'all see this I saw it no I did not see that I saw this clip coming in uh, here today oh yeah you doing your research man (laughs) (laughs) my black card is gonna be gone (laughs) what are your I mean what are you guys thoughts about like just like one we President Obama is a thing like we already have this facts uh, to for a black person to call 
Trump of all people, not Bush, not Clinton. If you call Clinton the first black president, all right, I might you know give you a little leeway. Yeah. But I mean, what, what he, do you guys think? He definitely got that brain injury. Like, he must is, have it. He definitely got it. He got it. Honestly, that is real. He definitely got it. He must. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I just was so it was like a crowd of black people that was kind of yeah. like cooning. Yeah, it was. It was, it was those. President. It was those cooning sisters, Diamond and Cuba Saconium, <laughs> whatever her name is. Them two. Before the meeting, I saw the black people like having their hands over Trump mm-hmm. and praying over him, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this is not going to mm-hmm. end well." Yeah, no. yeah and no. it ended with them calling him the first black president of yeah. the United States. Like we don't have a uh, African American from Nigeria. Not Nigeria. Where's Kenya. Kenya. Racist. Are we going to move on? Are we going to move on to white shit? <laughs> no, but seriously, thoughts? Do you have you know thoughts, anything? I said my thoughts. I think we all, I mean, some things we don't have to say. We can just acknowledge that that shit crazy. It's some that, was, that was just ridiculous. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like we got a full, like a whole black president. A whole that, black president. That, you know, he was just here like four years ago. I mean. So. Come on. Come on. Um, but. With the white shit, you got some white shit for us? Yeah, some, so... Some, uh, like, regular white shit? Yeah, so, uh, NYPD officer, um, he was out with some mm-hmm. friends, and he had went into the wrong Airbnb, and there was a black woman there with her kids. Wow. And, okay. um, he... He, like, knocked? He, he just kind of went in. He huh. bust, bust up in there. He was really drunk. Mm. Um, he proceeded to call them all kind of racial slurs, threatening to kill her and her kids. Um, he went to court. He only had to do two weeks in jail, and he still has his job. Wow. He works for the NYPD. Wow. Yes. So he thought it was like his own house? Yes. But it was an Airbnb? Yeah, and then when he got up in there, he saw them. They started calling them N-words. Went in, and threatening them, yikes. all kinds of, yeah. Yeah. What, what's the, since I have a lawyer here, what's, what's the protocol when, like, cops do something wrong? Because huh? clearly there's no rules. Um, that's that's a that's a that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> in that situation, uh, you know, it's going to be a lawsuit. Obviously, it's going it's going to come um, after that. But that's just an unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. Like you really don't have a lot of resources. I mean, the prosecutors should be the ones who handled it. It's not like they did something, but mm-hmm. it wasn't enough. Right. And he still got the job. You said he, he still has, has the job. job. Yep. His job was NYPD, but I think that the Airbnb was in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm. yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's interesting. Well, that's a jurisdictional. Yeah. Issue. So like, yeah, yeah. They'll, he, they'll still sue him, you know. And I mean, NYPD has to get tired of losing all these lawsuits. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. When, when, oh, go ahead. So I think and that's what my comment is. It gets to a point where we have to start asking mm-hmm. ourselves as professional people, uh, what's the problem? Right. And if the problem is, even if the officer is in a different state. And is empowered to do that. What is happening with training? Mm. So what is happening within our trainings? Because we want, we need cops. So, right, I mean, right. as, of that's one of the benefits of being in a uh, first world country right. is the protection of the cops. And mm. I come from a family of officers, and I respect the sacrifices that they make. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, training must be better mm-hmm. because right. this is not okay. Right. Yeah. When when there are lawsuits uh, against police departments, and you know. Where does that money come from? Because clearly there's like an unlimited source. Right, of it. it's taxpayers' money. <laughs> We're all losing. We're all losing when, when officers are not living up to what we think they should be. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's I mean, eventually people will like. I don't know if it's gonna have to be, you know, elected officials. It have to be these agencies. That they realize like we're losing money. We're losing a lot of different things, credibility and everything, by allowing officers who are who are not trained um, to to make these type of bad decisions. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, that was the end of the show. Uh, if you guys have any anything else, just feel free to reach out. Yep. I know y'all can't see my face. <laughs> What's you, all right? you know that's not the last thing. We got to do the final segment. I did the white shit. We you said let do it the white burn. shit, and I did the. Oh, okay. All right, like we still Usher? we got guests here. You want to burn? Not like show? Usher. <laughs> not like Usher. Not like Usher. I love you, Usher. Can't wait for the new album. <laughs> I love you. All right, guys. Well, uh, this is a segment called Let It Burn in which we kind of just burn something that we're kind of getting rid of this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Warren, what are you burning this week? This week, I'm burning um, sexual foolishness because that's what I participated in and that's what my knee fucked up. You know what? You know your limits. Okay? Stop trying to impress these niggas. If he like you, he like you. And if he don't, you need to find a nigga that's more your speed. Okay? So, that's why I'm letting burn. Sexual what? Foolishness. Okay. (laughs) Stop being fools. When you're out here 
Okay? <laughs> I need a knee brace on right now. It looks stupid. <laughs> so that's why I'm playing Burn. Okay. All right. Um, would you guys like to go next? Why other of you? Uh, yeah, you're right. I should go next. Yeah, uh, thank you. So I'm gonna uh, this week. I'm gonna let burn the year of yes. Hmm. I'm gonna start saying no. I'm yeah. tired of saying yes. I'll be doing too much. <laughs> I'll be going out. I'll be doing this. I'll be doing that. I'm gonna just do less. Yes. I'm gonna say no, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just see what happens. You know, switch it up. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> People are like, oh yeah, the year of yes, do everything. No, the year of no. Do nothing. Yeah, turn these niggas down. I can't. I'm not coming. It's not a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I would like to burn fear because I feel like I've talked myself out of a lot of different things. Mm. And I'm not sure why because there are people who are way less competent Mm. doing things. Mm. And I'm sick of, you know, pretending I'm mediocre. So I am releasing Mm. fear. Release it. I'm going to burn it for you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And uh, George? Uh, it's hard to follow, but I, I'm just going to let burn uh, just not being as productive as we can. I think that we make that excuses. Laziness? Yeah, laziness. Okay, hi. So, like, for me, I think it's just, like, getting to a point where I get accountable and I know that I could be doing things on a greater level and, you know, doing it this year and not making any excuses. So, letting go of free time being idle. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And uh, last but not least, there's nobody else here. We're going to let it burn for this podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. We should do that. Yeah. Let burn. This podcast is lit. This podcast is lit. You're right. Very lit. lit. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, You can reach uh, Jamie and Warren at the Audacity J-M-E and Warren. And guys, we have a special gift for you guys for joining us. We do. We not, appreciate you guys coming. Not just a bottle oh, of water. Thank you. This is for you guys. A small token appreciation. Boom. Thank you guys. Yes. You guys are awesome. Thank, you. thank you for coming. For the work that you do, for beating the odds, for standing out, for being shining black examples. Like excellence. Yeah. Ooh, black history. Black month. excellence. Yes. Black, black history. Woo. We got in there yes. before the lock. Yes. Bro. It's a leap year. We got one more day. This is it. This is it. This is it. And this is a great video. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank oh, you. Oh, no problem. And uh until the future. Yeah.